right, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the show here on Sports 1140 KHDK. How you feeling out there? I'm feeling great. Fired up for today's show. Fired up for where we are in sports right now. We have got so much going on, so much for us to cover over the next three hours, and we're glad you're here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining in. Whether you're checking us out on YouTube, hello there. Thank you for being regulars there. To all of you that are passionate uh, followers of us here on YouTube, also over the radio, over a smart speaker, over the app, just again, sincere thank you to all of you that are taking all of this in because we are on the eve of the start of the NBA season for the Sacramento Kings, but today is the opening of the NBA season, so so much for us to get to regarding that. Today on the show, by the way, we will have Kings tickets to give away again, another trivia question. Actually, we're in the giving mood today. We got two sets of trivia questions for Kings tickets for the home opener Friday night. Got to get you out there to see the Kings take on the Jazz. We'll do that at 4.15 and at 5.30. 4.15 and 5.30, your opportunities today to win yourself a pair of Kings tickets to see the Kings take on the Jazz. There is NBA drama to go over. We will have another opportunity of NFL top five, bottom five today. Now that we finished another week of action through six weeks, uh, we will get a preview of the Portland Trailblazers. That's who the Kings will open up with tomorrow. And Jason Quick, who covers the Blazers for The Athletic, will join us at 4.30. And at 5 o'clock, Morgan Reagan. We'll get to see a lot of Morgan Reagan this year on Television Kings fans, where she'll be doing her new duties with pre, half, and post. Uh, Lots of opportunities for her when Kyle Draper does the game. She will then be doing pre, half, and post, and that's, I think, going to be close to 40 times or so this year. So lots of Morgan. We're going to get Mo Mo this year. The Morgan Reagan? The Morgan Reagan. I don't know if you know this. What's that? But she was undefeated last season when she worked for NBC. Yeah, she's kind of a big deal. So, 40 games. Remember how we're all thinking like, oh, 34, 35? Yeah, Vegas is thinking, yeah, less than that even. We know it's at least going to be 40 wins. Well, they won't lose with her there. Yeah, and so that's 40. Chris, they've also won every game since Doug Christie has moved to the bench. So that's 42 more. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know what? DC is probably going to get a couple texts at some point, so he'll have to miss some. We games. had already asked him about that. Like when he gets, it's probably the it's probably going to be two games against the Eastern Conference team. That's true. Against That's the Nets, a team that they might face later. So you going to be working in June, busy in June, late June. Oh yeah, definitely. I think we all will be. I think that's the sign of things to come. Yes, Morgan Reagan will join us at 5 o'clock. We also will keep you up to date on the baseball playoffs, which but are going on right now. How would we know? How would we know when the baseball like, playoffs are going who's on? Who's leading right now? Well, right now, right at this moment, I mean, something would have, have to have happened in this game just start not that long ago. Um, so we would need some sort of identifier there. And <laughs> I removed a bunch of them, Chris, and the only ones I, I removed, I removed the Dodgers and the Giants. Oh, you know what? I came prepared. You did? That was my skull. I'm so wasted. So that's what happens if we have uh, any news for the Dodgers. And they're up to nothing. And they're up to nothing. Seager with a two-run blast in the first. Late arriving crowd in L.A. And again, the Dodgers probably have to win. They're down 2-0. I got stuck on the 101, man. What? You took the 101? Um, so those will be our identifiers. Also, when the Nets and Bucks get started to begin the season. Brooklyn's in the house. Yes, that'll be some updates for the Nets. That wimpy 
And what's so important about that game? The Bucks. Uh, they're the champs. They're also the linear champs. The linear champions. Yeah, so they will get started at 430. We'll keep you up to date on those. I love hearing those NBA themes. And speaking of those NBA themes, let's get the day started before we get into first things first. Getting you fired up with some of these uh, NBA uh just different themes. I know these are have, have registered with people over the years. Let's start you with TNT. Wait for it. There it is. I thought this was a TNT music. Yes. Oh. All right. That makes me think basketball. We're going to be hearing a lot of that as the NBA on TNT is back. Maybe you want to uh, think about the NBA on uh, ESPN. See, these, this one doesn't feel like something you can hum around your house or put a song around. Well, if you remember, I tried to do that for you to, uh, the other day, uh-huh. and you thought I was doing the NBA on NBC. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling it. So then you can go to old school, classic, when the NBA in the 70s and 80s was on CBS. Yes. You are looking live. At Boston Garden, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, who Robert the, Parrish. Who's a play-by-play for it? It's Brent Musburger. Oh. Yeah. And here come the visitors from Hollywood. Magic Johnson, Byron Scott, James Worthy, and the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It'll be a promise to be a classic between two longtime rivals. Celtics, Lakers, the 86 Finals is next. Okay. They called him the captain? Uh-huh. I thought he was assistant. No, he was the captain. I thought now. he was a co-pilot. No, he was the captain. Now. Oh, he's also the co-pilot. You try dragging Lanier up and down the floor, kid. All right, let's get another one here. NBA on NBC. Everybody's favorite. Ah, get you ready for basketball. Almost like SNL needed to spoof it. Two, three, four. There you go. I think we got you officially set up for the start of the NBA season. We've got that to get to today. We've got football to recap. We've got baseball playoffs going on. And as we said, Morgan Reagan at 5, Jason Quick at 4.30, and two pairs of Kings tickets to give away, 4.15 and 5.30. So jam-packed show. Let's do it. Let's start you out with First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. All right. Well, the NBA season does open today. Two games on the NBA schedule. The Kings and the, most of the rest of the league will have to wait till tomorrow, but it'll start with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks at home against the Brooklyn Nets, two of the clear-cut favorites in the East. I think Philadelphia should be included in that list. I'm not putting you there, Atlanta. I'm not putting you there, Boston, or some of these other teams. I think there's three teams that are clearly the best in the Eastern Conference. Others that could surprise or do some damage, but uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee is a great opening game. Um, I, I think what's so interesting here is where we are as we begin an NBA season. We'll have more on Ben Simmons in just a moment. But Brooklyn is one of the clear-cut favorites to win the title, and we at this moment still don't know what one of their best players is going to do. And we're talking about Kyrie Irving. 
He's obviously been stubborn. We we know that. He's firmly dug in his heels in his belief. Does he ever cave? Uh, we don't know. I mean, this is a high-level, highly influential player that, as of now, is not playing on this team. And I just think that's a bizarre way to begin the NBA season. And then the second game, the Warriors and the Lakers. A lot of thought about the Lakers' overhaul of a roster still to go with those big two players in LeBron and AD. But Westbrook's addition there. And then the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry had just such an amazing season last year. So that'll be interesting to see that game as the first two games to get the NBA season started, which uh, begins tonight. First things first. All right, the Sacramento Kings open up their season tonight, or tomorrow, excuse me, when they will have their first game against the Portland Trailblazers. And this is something that uh, will be very, very intriguing in many realms for the Kings. I have high hopes for this team. I really Really do. Um, and it's not if, if you, whatever. I'm not even concerned if you say, well, you're a homer, you work for the team. If you've listened the last couple of years, I have not thought this team was going to make the playoffs. I had not been in love with the totality of what they've done. This year feels different to me, looks different to me. And I know the preseason isn't a full sample size of exactly the way it's going to go. But let me tell you a few things that I do like and why I am more high on the Kings than I think a lot a lot of people are. I think they've clearly identified that they do want to play three guards. That's what they want to do. I think those are three of their five best players, whatever the five guards that play, you know, any of those combination of guys. The fact that they have made it a mission statement to be better defensively, and I think going to the top 15 that they have put out there is a lofty goal, may even be unrealistic, but they're not going to be dead last. And if they're not dead last with what should be a good offense, better depth, more continuity, I think there's some opportunities here, especially while some of the teams are still figuring it out. I think the Kings are ahead of teams, believe it or not, for a non-playoff team. Clippers have some uncertainty. Spurs have retooled some things. Um, You look at Zion, the best player on the Pelicans, being out at the beginning of the year. Rockets are going through an overhaul. Minnesota had been behind the Kings. I know we're talking about the teams near the bottom, but the Kings have to be in the top 10, and I think this is a spot they will live in throughout the year. I really, really do. I um, want to give some more news. This uh, Chris just sent me this. I'm going to be reading this kind of on the fly here. Uh, Chris, is this from Bagley's agent, you said? Yeah, uh, Jeff Schwartz from Excel Sports. Okay, Sacramento has informed Marvin Bagley he is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future, and yet passed on the potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on, quote, value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Now, this is coming from Jeff Schwartz, his his uh, his agent. Um, I'm not even here to argue that part, and he may be right. That's probably how he feels, how he's going to defend his client for sure. I think the Kings are making the right move. Where does Marvin Bagley fit in? After watching the preseason, I just said it, I am more excited about this team seemingly falling in line with playing its best players. At the moment, it's not Marvin. Now, can it still be? I don't know. I don't know. That ship may have sailed. He hasn't played in enough games. He missed half the preseason games. There was only four, whether that was by injury or by rotation. Um, The Kings, if they, they elected not to extend his contract... If they do trade him, yeah, they're not going to get the value that they wanted at one point, but either they trade him, hang on to him, wait for other injuries, or when his number is called, he is professional and plays. Now, to Marvin's credit, 
everything from Marvin. He's been a camp. He's worked hard. He has played the role of a guy that's ready to start a season. But I think this is very important for the Kings to be honest about this, to identify that. And if they have done that and they've been straightforward with him, at least Coach Walton and the coaching staff, to me that is a positive. Does not a positive for Marvin, but I don't think his best fit right now is with this team. I really, really don't. So um, if you play Marvin, that means you are not playing. And not that all these pieces are um, guys that you can't live without. That's not what I'm saying here. But I think they like what they see in Tristan Thompson, the value they have there in Alex Len. They're going to play Holmes a lot. They're going to play Harkless and Barnes and then all those guards. And I think that they believe gives them a better chance to win. Interesting, but not surprising what Marvin's camp would say. And they probably should. That's what an agent should say. That's what he's there for. And when you're talking about the thing that I think we think Bagley needs is minutes. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to be with the Kings. Right. And for him to become a player to the potential that people see in him or saw in him when they drafted him, he's going to have to play 25, 30 minutes a night. Exactly. And what have we seen the last two years, Chris, even when he's been healthier and been available, they don't finish the game with him. No. There's not a full trust in what he brings the totality of his game to have him finish for Coach Walton. At least that's the belief for Coach Walton. What's terrible is we've seen the game when he goes off and he's like 23 and 12, and Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my God. Could you imagine if he was doing this every night? Like, he's a stud. Right. And then he gets hurt. And it's not even like, oh, pulled hamstring or anything like that. They're just freak injuries. Right. And it's the starts and stops, the lack of 50 games in a row, 30 games in a row. It's too many starts and stops. Anyway, I think that's interesting. I think good on the Kings at the front if they are that honest with him. Now, here's an organization that think they weren't, maybe missed chances to trade him in the summer. But if you're the Kings, you have to do what you think is right for your team. Um, You probably want to do things right by Marvin as well, but you don't just give a player away, and that's going to lead into our next thing. But we're going to have much more on this. Certainly we'll visit with this on uh, with Morgan coming up at 5, get her perspective on this because um, this will be an interesting story as the season uh, rolls along. But more First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. All right, Ben Simmons. Oh, you thought this drama was over. He showed up at Philadelphia. Things are right. (laughs) Far from it. Far from it. Ben Simmons, you probably saw some of the video of him yesterday at practice. Uh, To say going through the motions is generous. You can see he had a cell phone in his pocket. He's just going through the motions. Well, apparently today he was asked multiple times by head coach Doc Rivers to go into a drill. He refused to and then was told, get out of here. And he turned around and left. He was more than comfortable with leaving. Well, the team has suspended him and and tossed him out of practice. Here's the part that I have the bigger issue with. So now where's this left? Who's holding the bag? The players get asked about it. Here's Joel Embiid on his teammate, Ben Simmons. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night, uh, and try to lead, you know, the guys that we have here. Uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way because, you know, our chemistry has been excellent. Uh, despite, you know, everything that's been happening in the, uh, the last few months. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, I don't I don't really care. 
Joel Embiid talking today about Ben Simmons. I don't care about that man is how he opened that. Um, here's my issue with the Philadelphia 76ers on this. And, and, and to some extent, Ben Simmons and his agent. They thought it would be best for everybody to get them all together. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But what you now have done is brought this toxic situation all together. And it set itself up for days like this. Yes, as far as Philadelphia not wanting to trade him because they don't think they're going to get full value, this doesn't help that to me. Someone's going to want Ben Simmons at some point. It's just Will Philly Cave. Um, You also have, as you're getting ready to start an NBA season with a team that's very, very good, you have put your franchise piece out there to answer a question about a guy. Where's Daryl Morey? Where's the present? Where's the, the top of the top of Philadelphia? They should be the ones talking about this. Not put a teammate in jeopardy of, well, Joel Embiid didn't hold anything back, but this should be for the general manager to be speaking about or the team president or owner. Uh, that's shame on Philadelphia. And, you know, Ben Simmons, I know your camp said, let's get you there. This will probably be better for a quicker um, opportunity to get you out of there. Well, you also have to be a professional, which he's not. He's not. He's going through the motions, which now leads you to believe you know it's in him. He's capable of doing that to the next environment if he's unhappy. I don't know if that'll happen. Sometimes it is as simple as changing environments, but this is just a beyond toxic situation. They tried to bring everybody together. It didn't work. And now what? Now what are they going to do? That's... You see this right now on Twitter because of the the Bagley news that came out Mm -hmm. and comparing the two. Bagley's nowhere near the Ben Simmons situation. He hasn't caused any problems with the team. He hasn't just said, like, no, I'm not playing. He hasn't been detrimental. You haven't heard any teammates say, like, oh, Bagley, I don't want to have anything to do with Bagley. I mean, Ben Simmons is, like, just absolutely putting fire on the bridge. Yes, well, and here's here's Bagley's camp, too, if you think about it. I, I remember, Chris, we played the, the Bagley stuff, I don't know, two weeks ago when he had said, this is the most fun camp I've ever had. I'm really enjoying myself, and we're all bought in together. And this is Marvin's agent that's speaking, but you know there's shreds of truth with how he feels. Of course Marvin wants to play. That I don't fault him for. And maybe he felt like he's done everything at this point to be in a spot to play for this team. I don't think so. I don't. I think some other people have passed him by. I think the team wants to play three small guards or three guards. And it's hurt him. It has hurt him. And I don't think Marvin's by any chance done in the league. Maybe done here at some point. But interesting, interesting news about not only about Ben Simmons, about Marvin Bagley, and this, I say on the eve, it's on the eve for the Sixers and for the Kings. The NBA season starts tonight, and you also have the whole situation out there with Kyrie Irving. People are talking about it. It's not necessarily all good news, but very, very interesting to see where all this stuff is going to continue to go in the days uh, going forward. But, um, man, what a mess in Philadelphia. More on that coming up, and still more on, on the Marvin Bagley situation here in Sacramento. First things first. First things first. All right, day baseball, playoff baseball continuing. They're going to the fourth inning in Los Angeles. The Dodgers ahead again on the Atlanta Braves. The Braves lead the series two games to none. The Dodgers lead today's game at 2-0. to zero. Corey Seager homered in the first. So that's the uh, two runs after Betts got on board. And then Betts got on board. 
he's on base every time. Has a hit, has a walk. Seager has uh, knocked him in with that home run in the first. Charlie Morton going versus Walker Bueller. They head to the fourth. Again, that is a 2-0 at this point with the Dodgers leading, and the Braves leading the series two games to zero. First things first. First things first. first. We have nothing to Schwarber. He kicks and he delivers. Swing. Oh. There's a long drive to right field. Deep toward the grandstand. Tucker looking up. It is gone into the grandstand. Grand slam. Kyle Schwarber. 6-0 Red Sox. Can you believe it? Well, that was another slam for the Red Sox. More power bats. Their bats are on fire. We always say the best thing that can happen in the postseason is this dominant pitching shuts down great bats. Well, right now, the great bats are dominating. Boston has just gone crazy in this series. The lead is two games to one. Game four is tonight from Fenway. Uh, There was some other drama in the game as well because, uh, you know, in game one, Correa talking about, you know, pointing to the watch. It was Correa postseason time. Well, then you had Rodriguez pointing to his watch. Let's hear him uh, do that ge- or hear him talk about that gesture. I mean, that, that was something part of the game. You know, I mean, uh, I mean the moment, the atmosphere, and everything. Um, I really want to say apologize because I do that, you know. But like, like I say, it just was it just was part of the game, you know. So something that like sometimes the some things get in your mind and you just do things like that. But I really like I feel bad right now because I do that, you know. What I mean, but the good thing we win the game and go out there and win another one tomorrow. All right, he got caught up in the moment. You could see when he did it. Uh, his manager, Cora, was completely upset about it. Here's a Cora afterwards. Don't do that. And why? Because we don't, we, we don't act that way. I mean, you know, we, we just show up, we play, and we move on. And uh, he knows. I, I let him know. It, you know, we don't have to do that. You know, if we're looking for motivation outside of what we're trying to accomplish – we're in the wrong business, you know. The only motivation we have is to win four games against them and move move on to the next round. Well, that's what they're trying to do. They have a two-one two series lead. Uh, Carlos Correa also talked about that celebration. I mean, that, that was something that was part of the game, you know. I mean, uh, I mean the moment, the atmosphere and everything. Um, I really want to say apologies. Oh, sorry, that was the wrong one there. You got it, Chris? Um, he, did, he did my celebration. I thought it was kind of cool. Um <laughs> It's just, it's just the way baseball should, should trend moving forward. You know, we talk about making baseball fun. We talk about baseball, you know, growing and more people coming to watch the sport. You know, you need things like that. You need, you need, you need to let the players have fun. And, uh, you know, I loved it personally. I think uh, the, game, the game should move in that direction where you can show emotions and you can be yourself and you can keep it real. There is a lot of, you know, in the media, whenever you ask me questions, I, I, I keep it real all the time and I say how it is. And there is a lot of fakeness out there. The, the cliche answers that you get, and I feel like players should be more real. Players should be able to express themselves and have fun. So I love every single bit of it. He pitched a great game. He threw six innings, struck out like seven. I mean, he was nasty. His fastball come out was, was was great. So whenever you have a great performance of that against, you know, the number one offensive team that we were a season, who we were the number one offensive team in the season, you can do whatever you want, and you should have fun with this. All right, interesting uh, there from Carlos Correa. His thoughts on that. Uh, I like it. I like this series. I like the drama. I like the offense. And uh, I, I still see this one going a long way. Again, it's 2-1 Boston leading that series. So let's get you got, one. Hold on. I got yeah. two points on that. Yeah. One is I think Correa is 100% right because, like, the old school mentality is is the Red Sox hit him next season mm-hmm. for doing that, which is just so yeah, dumb. And Cora didn't want him to do it, but, yeah. 
Yeah, and then like, so what the thing is, it's like, no, I'm not going to hit you. I'm going to get you out, and I'm going to say the same thing back to you. Right. Yeah, it's your time. Oh, what about this? Right. Second, I I don't think Cora has a problem with talking trash. I think he has a problem with watches and Red Sox players pointing at watches because he sort of lost yeah. his season because, because of, of that. Yeah, because of watches. A little sensitive at this point. That's I for think sure. that's his major problem. The real issue. All right, let's get you one more first things first. First things first. First things first. first. Allen tried to sneak. He got nothing, or so it appeared. They got it. They got it. They did it. They did it. Not yes. Not yes. Hell yes. <laughs> that was from the Tennessee Titans radio network. Yes, the Buffalo Bills went for it on fourth down deep in the Titans territory in field goal range. Could have tied it. They were aggressive. They weren't rewarded. Allen got crunched. Stopped short of the fourth down. Here's Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills on going forward on that last play. We felt good about our chances. I uh, had a chance to win the game right there, and, and we didn't get it done. Yeah, I, I, I love the call. I loved it. Go for it. Bills, aren't, you're not losing your division. I still have them winning the Super Bowl as the team to get there. Uh, they're great. They're a very good team. It was a really good win for the Titans, and uh, this doesn't derail my thoughts on Buffalo by any stretch uh, of the imagination. So, All right, still to come on the show, we will talk more about the NFL in top five, bottom five after six weeks. And we'll have your Kings tickets at 4.15 and 5.30. Your chance to win those, plus Morgan Reagan joins us, Jason Quick, to give us a preview of the Blazers. When we come back, though, the start of the NBA is here. The drama in Philly. We discuss that and more news about the latest with Marvin Bagley when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHTK, Jason Ross here with you. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Uh, coming up in about 45 minutes, your chance to win Kings and Jazz tickets for the home opener on Friday. Also, we'll do that at 530. In between there, we will visit with Jason Quick, who covers the Trailblazers, the season opening opponent tomorrow night for the Kings. Um, he covers that for the Athletic. And then Morgan Reagan, new pre-half and post duties for Kings on TV she will join us at 5. Plenty of questions for her as well, including the latest news for those of you just checking in right now on the Sacramento Kings. Apparently, Marvin Bagley has been informed, which I think this is the exact way to do it, from uh, whether it's Coach Walton or the front office or a combo of both, that for the time being, it looks like he is not going to be in the rotation. I can remember saying this about as clearly as I possibly could off air, uh, to Deuce, to Henry, to G-Man on a radio side after watching the Laker game. So the Kings had played preseason game number three and then the home game against the Lakers, which was really played at a high level. The Lakers, we were told going into the game, were going for it. They hadn't won a preseason game. They were going to play a lot of their guys at big minutes and wanted to win just to get that taste of winning. Well, they played everybody, and the Kings won, and that was a game where Marvin Bagley was not available. The Kings, as we said, went three guards a lot. And the risk of that is how do you rebound and how do you defend? Kings were out-rebounded, but they defended fine. And they just put so much pressure on the Lakers, who are a big team, and that size wasn't dominated or didn't dominate the game like it could. LeBron was great, had 30th on AD, was off. Westbrook was hit and miss. The point is the Kings played very well. Yes, I know it's preseason, but watching that game, I remember saying, I don't know where Marvin Bagley fits. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Marvin um, as far as his 
overall demeanor, his approach, by all accounts, by what everybody has said in the time leading up to this season, he's been, he himself, his vibe has been good. He's been very positive about the team. He's shown up. He's done his work. He's come early. He stayed after. He's worked hard. Said the attitude. He's been very supportive of everybody, very supportive of his situation, of this team, his coach. He did have a couple of ailments in the preseason. It was listed as a sore knee, so we'll go with that. And now you get his camp coming out publicly to say this. Quote from Jeff Schwartz, his agent. Quote, Sacramento has informed Marvin Bagley he is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on, quote, value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Odd timing for the agent to say that. Yesterday, of course, was another wound maybe to to that camp where they didn't secure the bag and didn't get a contract extension at any time for Marvin Bagley. So now he is a guy that his agent is speaking for him. Seemingly, they are upset. Let's keep this in perspective. I think you have to gauge this. Of course Marvin wants to play. I think a couple of things can be true. He's, He's upset or bothered that he's not going to be in the rotation, wants to be in the rotation. People want to start, people want to play. But is it to a thing where it to the to what we know hasn't been disruptive in camp, has shown up at all the practices, has done all the work, and has been a good teammate. Clearly his agent is upset about some potential other offers that are out there or were out there. And now we'll see if those still appear. And obviously the Kings and Monty McNair either didn't get what they liked or saw what they wanted and maybe thought Marvin was worth more. Now, by not playing him, maybe you've heard his overall value, but maybe what's best for both sides is a fresh start. And at the moment, there isn't a willing trade partner. That I know of. At the very moment. I could change fast. If I'm Marvin, I continue to do what he's been doing, showing up, working hard, working on his game, trying to stay healthy, and... In an NBA season, what I've learned over 20-plus years of covering this team, there are moments where there are several players that feel like they're one, whether they call it the doghouse, out of the rotation, whatever it is, things do change. Injuries do happen. Marvin knows this very well. And if this team's goal is to make it to the playoffs and to get better defensively, I think you have to look at what they think is their best chance to do it. And right now they think their best chance to do that is not to have Marvin in the rotation. Also, the chances that Marvin does get, you have to take complete control of it and make Bill Walton have to make a tough decision. Luke Walton, yeah. Luke Walton. Yeah, you're right. It'll be a tough decision for Bill, too. You're right, because it's one of those things where when someone does that, I'll go back to someone like Isaiah Thomas when he first got drafted by the Kings, second rounder. That guy just has to make the roster. And there were no plans for him. No plans. None. 60th pick. Well, we'll see. Probably more of a camp invite. You're the last pick. You're here. We'll give you a look. Then I was like, well, you know what? He probably should make this team. He's pretty good. We'll, we'll have him on the team somewhere, but there was no G League at the time. It's like, well, we'll see. Then camp keeps going. It's like, man, he's actually really performing very well. You know what? He might get in the rotation. Got in the rotation. Didn't take very long, and then he's starting. 
that's the kind of thing you have to do. Now, Marvin hasn't done that to me inconsistently. I don't think he's been this colossal failure. It is if you do the comparison to Luka, yes, yes. Everybody, just about everybody in the league would fail on that comparison. (laughs) Weight-wise. But DeAndre Ayton does, and I think the Suns are happy with him. Um, Trey Young has not been as good as Luka, though he's been great. And I'm pretty sure Atlanta's happy with it. Absolutely. So that is an argument. Yes, the Kings didn't draft him. Can't get past that. That didn't. I mean, that's gone. That's come and gone. And keep in mind, Monty McNair didn't draft Monty. Uh, didn't draft Marvin Bagley either. Though I think he has shown that he likes him. Uh, has no problem with him being here, and, and could have been a part of this team's rotation to start the year. But let's go back to. I like to do this. I know myself. If I was the coach, I would be playing the three guards. And I would look a lot at Harrison Barnes. Uh, I like what those other bigs provide. What is the true, like if Marvin became a just knockdown three-point shooter, that's something that's unique amongst the bigs that's not there. Len doesn't do that. Thompson doesn't do that. Rashawn Holmes doesn't do that. Marvin's not doing that well enough. He hits some threes. He's capable. Um, can he be the best rebounder on the team? That's a little hit and miss for him. He's, he's athletic. He rebounds. There's a lot of things that Marvin does, but what's the thing he's great at? And I think some of the other players have shown where they fit. It's more of a fit. Marvin's more talented than Tristan Thompson. Marvin's more talented than Rashawn Holmes. He's more talented than Alex Len. He might even be, yeah, he's more talented than Mo Harkless, I think, overall. But it's about fit. It's about where this team is. And I think with the skill that all these guards have, that they're going to be able to create on a night-to-night basis as an issue for the other team, and it's not as much of a hindrance to them defensively as maybe what you're gaining from Marvin offense, you're not getting back in the defensive end. So is it an is it over? Is it an end-all, be-all that he's done? I don't think so, but his agent sure is acting like it. I think that's odd timing. That's him speaking publicly. They chose to do that. They very much got that out there. There's a reason for that. They could have complained behind the scenes. They could have said all of the things that they put out there publicly to Monty McNair and to the Kings, and maybe they did. But they put it out there. They chose to. There's strategy behind that. I'm sure there was strategy behind getting Ben Simmons to camp in Philadelphia. I'm sure there was strategy behind, all right, we're going to have him practice. All these strategies are there for a reason. They don't always work. So this one's going to be interesting to see where this goes with Marvin. Uh, with his team, I mean, the team's going forward. Marvin will be there on the bench, and there'll be spots for him to play. It's just not as much as maybe some of the other guys. So we've got more on this coming up. we got to give you another one of these, though. Well, it was a 2 nothing lead for the Dodgers. That was after three innings. Let's take you to the top of the fourth. Jock Peterson, they're calling it Jocktober. Ex-Dodger singled in a run. Duvall singled in a run. Swanson singled in a run. Rosario just walked in a run. Oh, and the Dodgers are going to the pen. They've given up seven hits. The Braves lead four to two. Bueller is out. Dodgers are down two games to none and now trailing 4-2 in this big game three for them. All right, more to get to, more on this Marvin situation, more on other NBA storylines to watch as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. 
So is it true that Montel Jordan will be there Friday night, the Kings opener? I think we know why. Why? His appearance this summer on the show? Close. Why? His roommate is coaching his first home game. That's true. Coach Christie. I mean, we're going to really find out if this is how we do it. I mean, is that how we do it? Or how, wait, how do we do it? Oh, how, this. How do we do it? This is how we do it? It's Friday night. Oh, uh, that'll be fun. Actually, it'll be Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it will yeah, be, be Friday, Friday night. night. See, it fits. It fits. It's the opener. It's the jazz. He's going to He's gonna say, instead of, uh, he's going to throw a Sacramento in there in the lyrics, right? Of course. He knows where, he, he's, know where he's, he knows where he's performing. Uh, you'll have a chance to win tickets to that game coming up at 415. Also at 530, a double pack. Your question will be, how do we do it? How do we do it? If you can answer it, you will win. Now, we'll let you know how that uh, can happen. So we look forward to that coming up. Uh, lots of things as we are at the beginning of the NBA season. We're about to get to the first game of the year, the Nets and the Bucks, the champs uh, getting an opportunity to open up the season. They ended the season. Man, this one, talk about a short offseason. The Bucks. They didn't win this whole thing very long ago. And so now, here we go. They're back at it. A couple other notes before uh, we move on from at least from baseball. Again, the Braves are up 4-2. The Dodgers did get out of the inning. But it's the bottom of the fourth. Braves up 4-2 on L.A. Uh, the Yankees announced today that they will bring back Aaron Boone to manage the team. They actually got rid of a lot of the other coaches, but Aaron Boone will be back. He's the first Yankee manager to return and make it five years, I guess, Chris, without winning a championship. I don't get that. Ke- get keeping him, or yeah, like, or their turnaround, or would you have booted him? Well, if you're firing all of the assistant coaches, then it's you're kind of firing him too, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, apparently in the Yankee club, like they really are big fans of Aaron, like the players really like him, but it's almost like, well, we're gonna get rid of all your coordinators, like a head coach, like you're too loyal to these guys. We got to at least change something. We'll keep you. That's a tough spot. I mean, Boone picked the guys he wanted there. So we'll see. But it's the first manager to coach the Yankees that long that has not won a World Series and shows you what they've won. They've won a lot of World Series. But two, they go through a lot of turmoil and a lot of change. And it's been a while for the Yankees. They've been a good team. Just haven't been good enough. And certainly I've been wrong in this postseason. I I did not see the Red Sox doing this well. I thought they could beat the Yankees because it's one game. Anything can happen there. I did not think they would beat the Rays. I had the Rays coming out of the American League. Um, and the team coming out of the National League was the uh, Brewers, so hmm. way off in this postseason. Again, Dodgers trail 4-2 uh, in this Game 3, and then later it's Game 3 of the Red Sox. I was like, Astros. <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, what an idiot, and then I forgot that I had the Cardinals. Uh... <laughs> well, that was kind of what you were hoping for. I was hoping for. You were hoping for that. But everything I hoped for didn't happen at all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I was hoping for a... Pretty clean off season for the Sacramento Kings, and for the most part, it was until the news today about Marvin Bagley. And that news is that Marvin Bagley was informed that he was going to be out of the opening night rotation. Now, again, that's opening night, I think, what was told to him. So it could change by Friday, could change by next week. Maybe he's out of the rotation for a while. 
But their camp had come out with a message from Jeff Schwartz. Sacramento's informed Bagley he's not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear that they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization, which also is just an easy line to throw out there because the Kings have been guilty in the past of mismanagement. So um, we'll see. We'll see where this goes with Marvin Bagley, but it, it goes on the list to me of things as we get ready to start a season that are very intriguing for the NBA. I already brought up the fact about uh, Kyrie Irving, and one of the best players in the league, you know, top 20 type guy on a team that's favored to win the championship at this moment is not playing because he refuses to get the vaccine. Now there's other players in other cities that aren't vaccinated, but because he plays in Brooklyn, in New York, um, to play home games and practice, he has to be vaccinated. And the team basically is like, okay, we're not doing a part-time deal here. We need you fully committed. So I have no idea where that's going to go. Logically, I'd say, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll get the shot here soon. He'll get it. I, I don't know that. I don't think anybody really knows Kyrie. What he, he doesn't want to get the shot. That's beyond clear. I think he wants to play basketball, but it's, it's not a case where do this and you play. I, I mean, that's what it is in front of him. I don't know, Chris, what Kyrie Irving wants to do. I think what the team is kind of banking on is that something changes is that the um trying to think of the uh that the cha- the um uh, the players? mandate uh-huh. for in person changes changes and then he could be back in yeah, action I think that's what they like I think they're thinking like maybe February well and a team that can win a title can do that they can wait they only had what eight games seven games together with the big 3 Wow. I mean, that's a, a big deal out there. LeBron James entering another season here, getting ready to tip things off tonight, has been so great in the history of the league, obviously, and is going to continue to rack up more lifetime numbers here. Uh, apparently, he um, was asked about minutes and uh, minutes watch, and he said, no, I feel better if I play all the time. Like, he, he doesn't want to be on a minute restriction, which is interesting, and just as his body has felt better when he's always playing. And then another guy on health, Zion, great player, been up and down in in the injury department and is going to start the year out for a team that's on that playoff fringe, right? The Pelicans, a little bit like the Kings, have been close, have been close, haven't done it, but he's their best player and he's out for a minimum two and a half weeks. Kings are scheduled to play them twice in that stretch. Two and a half is when he gets evaluated. So the Kings could face the Pelicans in two early season games without him. You wonder about um, Kawhi Leonard's return. When will that happen? When will uh, Jamal Murray return? When will Clay Thompson return? I mean, I think this year's NBA season is open. There's there's a decent amount of teams that can win this. I think that's encouraging. I think a lot of people have it being the Nets and Lakers. But Kyrie changed things for me on them. The Nets are going to be great. Lakers, I think, should be good. I really like the Bucks. I think the Sixers will be good once they sort out this situation, which is not sorted out at all with Ben Simmons. And in the West, uh, Utah's continually been good. Denver's been good. I'd like them with Murray better. Clippers I think are going to are going to fall back without Kawhi Leonard. Is it true that the Lakers home games are starting at 4:30 so the guys can make it home for the wheel? Yes, and for supper. Okay. Yeah. Supper first, then the game. So did they watch 
the wheel as they eat supper? I think so, in their house shoes. TV tray. Just nice and comfy. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a fun season, and it gets started tonight here in about uh, 30 minutes with the first game. All right, next hour, busy hour. Jason Quick, who covers the Blazers, will give us a preview on Portland. Is Dame happy there? What's the difference with Chauncey, and will this team get better defensively as we get ready for the Kings and Blazers tomorrow? Uh, also, your chance to win Kings tickets, or your first chance today coming up at 4.15. When we come back, though, a new week of football is done. NFL top five, bottom five, when we start the next hour, right here on Sports 1140, KHDK.